0: This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff.
1: And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live.
0: We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues.
1: And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Deanna, I was uh, looking at what Al Mohler has posted recently on uh, the briefing, his book uh, basically daily daily, uh, audio podcast about current events and things in the news and things going on. And one of the things that he was talking about very recently had to do with a Washington Post article that was on the idea of lying. And that uh, uh, lying, uh, according to researchers, scientific researchers, is something that's not good for us. And he was just kind of commenting on the fact that I think this is something we've already known. I think the scriptures address this uh, really clearly. Uh, And so science isn't telling us something we already know, but isn't it interesting that the secular scientific world is looking at lying and the act of lying and how it negatively impacts our brain and creates a, a pattern where it becomes easier and easier to lie uh, and kind of that impact on adolescence and that time period in our life. And part of, the, part of what was behind that was because in about 2010, uh, there was research being done uh, about lying in small children and how even parents were being asked, uh, have your kids learned to talk yet? Have your kids learned to walk yet? Have your kids begun to lie? And it was almost like just part of the natural progression of as your children reach certain ages, they should be able to do these certain things. And if they are, then they're on track for growing up. And uh, so he's just kind of addressing that uh, and and thinking through this concept of lying again. But it it brought to my mind recent conversations about uh, as Christians in the local church, we hear a lot and talk a lot about what we might call the big sins of the society. Murders and evil actions and homosexuality and abortion. And we talk about these big sins and and the world kind of knows we're against them. And it can turn around and look like we're okay with the fact that the same people who attend our churches and are against these big sins... They tell lies. Uh, they 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 skirt the truth. They gossip. They overeat. They you know they do these other things that uh, Jerry Bridges has called the respectable sins or refined sins. They're socially acceptable, so we don't make a big deal out of them. But we'll rail against these other bigger sins. And what is that now communicating to a world that we're trying to reach?
0: Yeah, it reminds me of this. I heard I, I read it the other day and I wish I could remember who it was who said it. It seems like it was someone like John Stott, but uh, he basically was saying was that, you know, we're willing to call someone out on their sins uh, while at the same time living our life as if God didn't necessarily exist at all. Yeah. And Man. we're seeing that more and more this therapeutic idea of God and we're seeing it in a culture of a generation of our students, right? Yeah. They're they're living life like God is existing out here, and there are these big sins that they notice in the world, and so they want to say, "Listen, you know, don't don't have an abortion, don't be uh, discriminatory against people, don't mm-hmm. be." But it, when it comes to their own lives. in these in these areas where places where we don't talk about sin like gossip Mm -hmm. or lying what we've been discussing previous or uh making fun of somebody yeah you know we don't we don't think oh my goodness that sarcastic joke i just told goes right against Ephesians chapter 4. No course joking. Right. Right. We don't think that way. Right. We think, oh, well, you know, if if I don't have these big things in my life, then I'm doing pretty good. And uh, God is close. He is near. He is if he is in us, you know, we're there in his presence all the time. And the only way I think we can really impact society is when we confront ourselves with yeah. God's word daily and ask ourselves, you know, where is it, Lord, where I can grow in dying to myself and being more like you? And I was reading something this morning, even, about following the greatest teacher of all. Hmm. You know, do we really want to become like the teacher? Yeah. And who is the teacher? The master teacher? Jesus. Yeah. He's He's the one, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, love your neighbor as yourself. Allah and Prophet upon these two things. We, we say this, but what does that look like when we use our speech? Yeah, Every word counts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mentioned Jerry Bridges and, and was reading recently about him just talking in the subject of no unwholesome speech. And uh, oftentimes we we think it's okay for us to talk about anything, say anything. Uh, we'll speak exactly what's on our mind uh, our, we'll see something on somebody else's social media post and we want to respond immediately to it and, and it's okay if it's cutting language because that's kind of what's acceptable uh, you, you kind of barbed this person I'm going to barb you, you know, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of cool to get the gotcha statement in and it, it, it's in vogue uh, it seems like, and so that that's okay. And, and what what is that projecting to a world that uh, is hearing this evangelical leader spoke out against uh, homosexuality, this evangelical leader spoke out against abortion, this evangelical leader spoke out against X, and then they see Christians behaving in these ways that don't look like Jesus at all on an everyday basis. And they're going, okay, what, what's going on here? And how can they be so comfortable? They being Christians or professing Christians, how can they be so comfortable to accept certain kinds of sins uh, but be so anti this sin? Um, there's an imbalance. And there almost is a, a, a willingness to, to judge the world Mm -hmm. but have no judgment in the household of faith.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we were talking about Ephesians, Ephesians in chapter 4, and he goes through this list of things. You know, Paul is going through this list of saying, you know, these are the things that you no longer do. Mm -hmm. And and it's interesting because he puts all of the sins. Yeah. You know they're together and so we should recognize these things that are in the culture and help people be guided toward the light and truth so that it will be betterment for all mankind because we know when we follow God's ways that it's good for all mankind Um, but we also have to do what you're saying and I and I think in in the household of faith it says here like No unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good, for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear it. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And so you're, you're thinking about you know what does it really look like to love your neighbors yourself? How can mm-hmm. I be the most influential? Well, I heard a gentleman say one time, "I can tell someone no angrily just as easy as I can say it kindly." Mm-hmm. And I, I think we really have to examine, you know, what what is coming forth in our texting, in our tweeting, in our everyday life. Yeah. Are we trying to conceal or be respectable about sins of indulgence and, and and gossip, and yet we want to point our fingers at everything else? We ought to actually be confronting all of those things, yeah. so that we might walk in more holiness. Yeah,
1: that passage talks about grieving the Holy Spirit, and when you we we can think about these big societal sins and how that must grieve the Holy Spirit, and it does. Mm-hmm. But what Paul is pointing to is: so do the words that you speak, mm-hmm. so do the way that you think about your neighbor, your friend. So, so is how you're treating others. You're grieving the Holy Spirit in the same way that these yeah. big things do, and we need to we need to stop. I think if if a person will look at their own life and recognize that. Um, I, I'm sinning and grieving the Holy Spirit as much as this individual that uh, is, you know, flying the banner of Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. We've got to support them, and it's, it's a good thing for us. That grieves the Holy Spirit, but so does my sin. And, and if I'll stop and recognize my sin is grieving the Holy Spirit in that same way, and I see the forgiveness and the grace that I've received for that. That will affect how I will approach others whose small sins, I'm air quoting there, (laughs) are grieving the Holy Spirit, and how I approach people whose big sins are grieving the Holy Spirit, because I realize that both are sin, and both grieve God, and both, both deserve the same punishment that either is paid for by Jesus on the cross, or is laid upon my shoulders at judgment.
0: Yeah, and we know that in Luke chapter 12 Jesus, you know, describes that he he is going to bring division among people, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because of who he is, you're either going to accept truth or reject truth, and that is a dividing yeah. mark. Right. But how we treat people and how we how we view sin and all of those things, that's really the judgment of God. We should be extending seeds of of planting the gospel and and letting the judgment of God and vengeance and all of those things be with Him, and we're speaking the truth in love, Mm -hmm. and and we're confronting our own sin. Let Christ be the dividing factor of what's going on in our culture. Let Him working through us be the influence of not only are we confronting our own sin or your sin, not only are we confronting your sin, listen, I'm at home confronting mine every day. Right. will come out naturally yeah we don't we don't have to try to prove we're doing it it will come out in our speech it will come out in our actions because we will desire we will desire to have no coarse joking yeah we we will desire the things of god
1: yeah it, it makes me think about the parable of the wheat and the tares and let them grow up together uh and so much of me wants to know we got to divide those things like what is true is right, and we've got to be on the side of right, and what is false is wrong, and we've got to reject that. And you do have to show what is truth and what is. But I think his point of letting them grow up together was uh, don't, don't be the one that, that tears and rips away. That's going to happen. So let, let your weakness influence around. You've got to be. You've got to grow together to have the influence, and so sometimes we're too quick to create the dividing line and to separate, rather than allowing our life to influence and be among the world. Uh, even though we're going to stand for truth in that setting, and it goes back to what we've talked about many times. This is the way Jesus lived, mm-hmm. and so for growing to be like Jesus, he walked in perfection. And an absolute he was the truth in the flesh, and yet he walked among sinners mm-hmm. that were lying, that were stealing, that were gossiping, that were murdering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he walked among those people and and carried his influence. And those that accepted him came to him by faith and were called into perfection and holiness. And those that rejected him will live with the consequences of that. And and so he trusted, he trusted God's redemptive whole plan, and sometimes we don't.
0: Yeah, it reminds me too of, you know, sometimes we we want to be on one side of the spectrum or the other. It's like we don't really know how to fully have Christ in us, in in that we either want to be on the side of hey everybody that's in sin, they're doing wrong, and we want to point that out and make sure it all gets taken care of, or we tend to fall on the side of, oh my goodness, my life is so full of sin yeah. that I can't tell anybody that they're wrong, and so everybody can live everybody every way they want, because if I have sin in my life, they have sin in their life, and so right. everybody should yeah. just stay the way they are. And that that's just not true all of us on both ends we cannot be the one who's who's pointing out everybody's sins and not confronting our own and we also can't be the person that says I'm pointing out all my own sins and everybody else can live the way they want because that's more loving and and kind and no we have to have truth with the fullness of love and Christ
1: that's that's a great word and a great way to close i hope those thoughts will help you as you try to live your life influence the culture around you the sphere of your family your friends your co-workers your classmates uh, be salt and be light in those places and be real with the sin in your life even as we want to bring
0: the gospel to the sin in others thanks for listening